0: Hello, Denver United, and welcome to another episode of our Awakening Podcast Series. We begin each year at Denver United with a concerted time of prayer, fasting, and consecration. We call it Awakening. And this year, this podcast series has complemented, wrapped around that initiative to reflect uh, and dive a little deeper into what we're talking about on Sundays and hopefully encourage us as we go all out, to follow hard after God. This week we're talking about the fruit of righteousness. We are going through the 23rd Psalm, as all of you who are part of the Denver United family know, and it continues to say that when the Lord is our shepherd, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There are certain paths that lead down the road to his name and other paths that go elsewhere. To discuss this and unpack it and dive deep into it, the illustrious, The inimitable Pastor George Towns.
1: Yeah, I was starting. I'm gonna. I'm. You haven't had me on in a while. I was. I didn't know if I was in timeout or if I offended you at some point (laughs) in the past. I'm just happy to be back, having these conversations with you. So
0: I I think. In the, in the vein of the ancient uh, or the the old psalmist, um, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, oh, for a thousand podcast episodes <laughs> to re- record with you, George, and may it always be so.
1: Uh, it's been so good to hear from so many, like, we just have so many great people on this team that just are so... The one that you did with Pastor Daniel recently was just, gosh, so I, I have nothing deep to add or to say. I'm just glad to be here.
0: Well, this topic is one that you and I have spent a lot of time in our own journey of discipleship and our relationship in that together, um, discussing and pondering and pontificating about. We've both taught on it uh, extensively, and it's a subject, I think, the understanding, untangling and disambiguating of which has become a a matter of passion for both of us. So I want to dive right in. We talked on Sunday about how he leads us in paths of righteousness, but not any old paths, the paths of righteousness that lead to his name and Mm. to influence for his name, implying that there are other paths of righteousness on quote unquote, on which he does not lead us. Jesus seems to pick up on that theme when he says to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you're not even going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, It can't be overstated the magnitude of the shock of that statement to Jesus' hearers, religious experts and commoners alike, because one thing they all knew based on the theocracy of which they were raised to be a part was that the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, they were the definitive authorities on righteousness. So as I mentioned on Sunday, that would be like saying unless you're basketball game exceeds that of LeBron James. Well I'm out right there. Game exactly. over. I mean, I've got nothing. I I plead no contest. I cannot ever <laughs> be anything like that. Yeah. What else is it like? I mean how how can we underscore the gravity, of the of that of the shock and scandal of that statement to Jesus hearers. Yeah, I think you
1: said it well. It's it's they were I think sometimes the Pharisees and the 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 religious leaders get a bad rap, you know? Uh, from our vantage point, we're always picking on the Pharisees and the set, but they were like the—I don't—they were the ones who knew the Scripture very well. They were very uh, passionate about following not just their rules, but the rules that they discerned that God gave them, right? So, right. like,
0: and Jesus confronted them and seemed to have problems with them. The people, though, didn't have problems with them. The people respected them, right. and that's part of what made Jesus so disruptive—is that. He asked, he incited people's loyalty only to then turn on the people that they had looked to for leadership.
1: Exactly. So, I, the, the, the shock, I think, would have been just that. It would have been a shock of, like, well, man, those are the, if you would have probably polled any, you know, uh, Jewish person in that culture and said, who's the most religious, rule following, righteous person you know, they're going to point to one of those guys who Jesus just said, unless your righteousness is better. To me, it's just like, I, I, I read it as a, it's an invitation to a different game. He's like, the game, Not uh, game makes it sound light, but just, it's a, I want you to do something entirely different than they're doing. You can't beat them at their righteousness, but I'm right. calling you to a whole nother way of thinking about this. Right,
0: their righteousness is wrongness. I mean, he's, he's kind of saying, <laughs> right. they're what, so they're really, really wrongness. right? It's not right. It's wrong. He's he's saying they're. He's basically saying they're really that. good at being bad, right? And so you got to not be better at being bad. You got not a. You've. It's not that you got to be better at missing the point than they are because they're really really good at missing the point. Mm. You got to have a different paradigm for how for you being right this. exactly than they have. I mean, it's like saying, give me just like two or three more, just for the sake of fun. It's like if unless you're you're a better dancer than Michael Jackson
1: mm.
0: or. Uh,
1: like business person than Warren Buffett.
0: Yeah, you're unless you're like your your New York style pizza is better than Fat Sully's. Exactly. Or like unless you're more handsome than pastor logan. So
1: I think it's 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 I think it's held out the way not I not
0: even a smile on that.
1: That was good. That <laughs> okay. was good. I was I'm always that picking was on supposed to be like the, the I, old the the crowning I'm always picking on Logan though. So I feel bad. He's the best guy. He is. He is. Here. And Super. you can't fault the
0: guy because he's beautiful. He's I mean, beautiful. He he's
1: got the accent, the and height. He's
0: humble, God Just
1: the the figure. Love you. Um so I think that the Jesus holding out that statement was meant to shock us and meant to shock his listeners because it's an invitation to something different. I can't be better than LeBron. You know that, so you're telling me I have to be better. You must not mean what I think you mean. Right, it has to be something else. It's another mode. It's another dimension that he wants
0: us to tap into. I think
1: that's the invitation.
0: Jesus goes on to explain what he means. You've heard it said, but I tell you. He has Mm -hmm. a series of you've heard it said statements where he quotes the Old Testament law and he says, that's not wrong. It's just that I'm telling you that righteousness doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't begin with, can you keep this rule and that rule and that rule? It's what's in your heart. So Jesus reframes righteousness from the paradigm that the righteousness experts held out as godly, which is outside in, hmm. do the stuff right, follow the rules better than the rules were followed by your predecessors. Right. He reframes righteousness to be a matter of inside-out reformation.
1: It, and that is so much more difficult. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is and it isn't, but I mean, it, to... To just follow all the rules on the outside of hey, don't curse your brother or say you know you're a fool. Th- that's something external. So I can, I can stop saying mean things about people, kind of easily. But like to to get to the heart of I feel angry. Do I feel angry at this? Per- Am I? Do I have hate in my heart towards this person? Right. That's 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 a whole nother game. Right. That the righteousness of the Pharisees that works outside in doesn't have to go there. That that kind of righteousness says, I could I could think whatever I want about you and just smile in your face and never have to deal with what's happening in my heart. And that's where Jesus is interested in is what's, what's in there and what's flowing from there.
0: Okay. So here's the premise that I wanted to launch from. We've kind of summarized what we discussed and enunciated a little bit. Here's where I want to go. Um, I'm not sure this is true, but the podcast is where we can kind of Work that out. I think this is true. Okay. I think the good things we do are not, strictly speaking, righteousness at all. Hmm. I think righteousness, as Jesus reframes it, is faith in Christ mapped onto us. Yeah. The word of God says that He, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin that we might what become Become the righteousness of God. See that becoming the very righteousness of God because of Jesus, not because of us. That to me, as I understand new Testament theology, that is righteousness. Right. And everything we've called righteousness is something else. It's not (laughs) nothing. Right. But it's something else. And how did this, to borrow the charged political language of the day, how did this big lie get so deeply entrenched in Christian culture? How did the enemy plant something so deep in the firmware that it's influenced Christianity generation after generation, century after century, from the first century churches to the 21st century churches? And I'm confident at just about everyone in between. How did that happen?
1: That how how did it happen that righteousness was viewed as something external that we have to do to to attain something? Is that yeah, this kinda...
0: concept that is we're told in scripture, Christ, hmm. Christ in us is righteousness. How did it get substituted to mean? good things we do. That's something. That's something important. That's a big part of why we exist, and we'll talk about that. But how did we get duped? How did the enemy infiltrate our doctrine so deeply that churches the world over and century upon century have held out a kind of righteousness, not only that isn't as effective as the authentic righteousness, which is Christ in us, but which Jesus said can't work.
1: Right. Man, I <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts on there. I mean, again, to borrow your phrase, these are not things that I think are right. I think I, I don't even. This is just my theories. What I think to start with one in no, in no order of importance. I think that baked into each human being is a desire for approval, um, a desire for love and acceptance. Whether it's from our parents, whether it's from your kids, whether it's from your friends, we have this. Need to be accepted by the tribe, by the clan, by whatever group we're in. So when you take that, I think I don't want to. If it's biological, neural, what was the word? Neuro, neuro, neurological? Neurological. It's hard to say. I try to be smart and I rest it up. See, yeah, but you are I should, smart. Yeah. Like I don't. You take that that's already in us and map it onto a onto a divine being, God. Like, we want that God to be happy with us. So we want to be in control of that process, right? So if I can just... And it comes from a right place. Like, we want God's acceptance. So we want to do and stop doing and try more and jump high. Like, we want to be
0: accepted. Um, So that's a psychological reason. The, 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 The innate, or at least theory. Yeah. The innate... Um, quest for approval. I think that's huge. I, I resonate with that. Yeah. I remember growing up, I was the watch me kid. I wanted my dad's approval and it's not because I didn't get it. I didn't have a father wound. I just had a big just father it. need. I want it. Right? Yeah. And I think similarly, if that's a psychological theory, I think there's a behavioral theory that is a companion to that and they probably um, flow together at some point and that is that there is in 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 most of us a an inner thirst to achieve. Dang. Yeah. Right? To achieve, I want to, I want a goal to meet. I want a a bar to get over. Mm-hmm. I want a star to get on my chart. Yep. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that had nope. a star chart. But I grew up in Sunday school where if you memorized the verse, you got the star that you got to go up and stick Was on your it chart. Was it gold? It, yes, it, has it, was to a it. was a gold star. You <laughs> stuck it on your chart if you memorized the verse that week. And I was like, if there's a verse to memorize, I want to memorize it. Yeah. If there's a if there's a goal to 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 achieve, I want to achieve it. Not everybody strives for that, but I think many of us have. A, wired into our behavior a, a, an achievement and I think some of it is that our culture rewards that Right? Yep. we we are a culture and we are a country that's built on um, the self-starter initiative to um, pull yourself up by your bootstraps that don't be defined by your your heritage or your small beginnings and, and those are virtues to us mm-hmm. and so I think this like so much of what the devil does capitalizes on impulses that are God-wired yeah. or at least that come to us through our culture that are not intrinsically wrong and it perverts twist or narrows them mm-hmm. to the point that only their most destructive ends remain. Yeah. What's another theory? I've
1: got two others uh, that are a little bit more yeah, controversial. Okay, So here's one. I, I, it's not really controversial. I, I, I feel like another reason that this has per- gone on so long, been so pervasive, has to do with maybe... What happens when, like, Christianity, Jesus, religion, Bible, Scripture gets married to power and empire and people using Jesus to manipulate and control people, um, as we've seen in the Roman Empire and beyond that, right? Well, it's, as we saw in the Pharisees. The Pharisees. It's really easy to, uh, oh, man, what's, I can't think of a better way to control people. Then God said, "Then God telling people to, that like these are the rules, and if you and if you break them, um, not only is God going to be mad, but like and then leveraging like eternal punishment and like that. I'm not even saying none of that; those things don't exist or that they're not true. But if they if that becomes the primary lens by which you understand God is through some authoritarian figure who's telling who has the scripture that you right. can't read, right, and they interpret it." Uh, and they tell you what to do right. to keep you in line. Um, yeah. and, 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 and don't mess up cause you're going to burn forever. That really, like you want to make sure That's you do huge. everything you can in my, in my own actions. Just tell me the rules. Tell me the things to do. Give me the, I will follow everything to make sure I don't, I think fear is a really powerful motivator. Um, that, that, that pulls out an, outside-in version of righteousness?
0: One of my therapy hobbies in 2020 uh, was reading a, a historical fiction series um, set in the Middle Ages, a time that I was admittedly a little dark uh, in my knowledge on, no pun intended. And during that time, um, what ruled in continental Europe was the the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, companion to and often more powerful than the political leadership in the country At the time. And they the lengths that they went to to manipulate and control people with that very tack was shocking. Yeah, it
1: works. That's so. It's effective. Fear is an effective motivator.
0: Okay, so call that a, a governmental or, or systemic uh, theory. We, we had a psychological, a behavioral, a governmental, or organizational, external to us. Yeah. All right, so... Give me one more, and then I got one more.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, here's another one. I mean, it's just... I, I also feel like what it does is it... it uh, the reason that an ex, external, outside-in faith, or a version of righteousness, I'm sorry, um, might be easier is because it takes less faith... As well, <laughs> like it gives me more control if I know. All right, God gave me these eighteen things to do, and I've done them. So now I- I'm in control. Whereas the opposite of having to trust that Christ became right. righteous for me, I don't have to do anything <laughs> yeah, to earn it. Yeah. I can't undo it. It takes. It actually requires a like letting go, a a a, a faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Like, it takes a faith to have that, and that's harder.
0: So it's a substitute to faith. It's something sure to stand It's by. more
1: certainty. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I checked the boxes. I did the thing,
0: so I'm good. So call that a theological theory. Sure. Uh, I have a second theological theory. Kay. That's th- those. I, I, For what it's worth, I think that those are profound, and I think they're right. I agree with you. Um, the fifth one that I want to throw out is another theological theory, and this one's a little brain-bending, because okay. it is biblical theology, yeah. right? And that is to say, the Old Testament exists <laughs> it's a thing it's, it's there it got written down You're like the bible includes it now we often say as new testament <laughs> pastors hey guys the new testament was written so don't stop there with the old testament you got to read the new because it's the new covenant it's the fulfillment of all of the laws and all that however the the the, the, the preponderance of the pages are there. are old testament they're thicker and they're in fact there yeah, and they are they're true. all that's about true. law and God saying, you're my people, I'll be your God, and here's how that's going to work. Follow these rules. Yeah. Except they couldn't follow the r- rules. And so then he'd get mad at them for not following the rules, and then they'd, they'd not listen, and then he'd smite them, and then they'd finally grovel and follow the dumb rules for a little while until they forgot about the smiting, and then the cycle would repeat yeah. until Jesus came. Yeah. Which is a very reductionist view of the Old Testament, but not untrue, right? No. If, if incomplete. Now... Um, That would be challenging enough to comprehend. But then in in the book of Romans, it says that he, in effect, I'm paraphrasing, gave us the law on purpose to frustrate us, Hmm. to show us just how incapable of keeping it we were, in fact, so that we would recognize, I can't keep the law, and then recognize the grace of God in Jesus Christ, Um, which is good because God is good. Yeah, is just because God is just, but is I have to confess, slightly incomprehensible. It's a little hard for me to make sense of.
1: Yeah, I think the best way. It's one of those classic analogies, but I think there it's classic for a reason. And the fact that God would give a law that we couldn't keep to frustrate us to show us that we don't need the law. Like it, I get, it's like mind bending to it's show like, us what?
0: that we need Jesus to fulfill the law what? for Wait, us. What is that? <laughs> Yeah, that's a circuitous route, to yeah. say the least, right? But
1: I think the way it makes the most sense is I think of my two sons, Noah and Levi, who are seven and five, and to, to me, righteousness in, this, in the context of our conversation has to do a lot more with position. Christ became this so we could become that. And my two boys are in my family without having done anything for it, um, however— I'm coming. The older they get, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm finding I have a long list of rules, laws as far as they're concerned, like of what is acceptable. Right now, those laws don't. Their relationship with those laws and those rules in our house aren't to make them a part of the family.
0: Right, those don't substantiate their role relationship. So, so the they, import- they're more like boundaries. Exactly. So it's it's. It's how do you relate
1: to these rules? And that's how I read Romans. That's I mean, that's currently, you know, like that's how I understand that is the, it's not that the laws or the rules weren't important, but how we relate to them in relation to our righteousness, right. that has changed. Yeah. But they're still there because God has a huge interest in how we live and where we go and sure. how we how we move in the world. So. And Jesus
0: made that clear, right? I mean, I think one of the pitfalls of, of Scripture interpretation is reading it in a tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hermeneutics teaches us to interpret scripture in light of scripture. We must read Paul with Jesus in mind. Mm -hmm. And we gotta give Paul a little grace because he didn't have Jesus to read. He but admittedly he had like visions of Jesus Mm -hmm. to go by. Right. Who knows what he told him in Arabia? But it might not have been the whole (laughs) gospel of Matthew, is all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Or like while he was blind for those couple days in the inn, maybe Jesus downloaded Mark. Yeah, could have. But it hadn't been Written? Might move down. Probably not. So, I mean, I don't know how much studying of it he got to do. He studied the law a lot. Right. His whole life. Whole life. Right? We grew up studying the old and the new, but most of the new. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Paul grew up studying the old and And a couple of messages from Jesus the spirit of jesus yeah right and so you got to, and that's not to say it's wrong it's to say that the whole of scripture is a is one revelation that's like plato's elephant a bunch of blind men mm. describing the thing they yeah. don't all describe the whole thing right none of them gets his arms around the whole elephant and uh jesus if there's a tie or if there's a co- apparent conflict jesus wins yes. jesus <laughs> said um I don't think i came to abolish the law I'm not saying it's not meaningful. I came to fulfill it. In fact, you, the point—it's all still applicable. It's just that you can't. Keep it. Right. The boundaries are still the boundaries. It's just that they they leave you feeling your ineptness apart from me, which is the point. They're supposed to funnel you in. Yeah. To me, to me. because when you come to me, you have not just the ability to follow the rules because of my positional righteousness. You have life itself. Yeah, You have relationship with God, and that's the point of the the law to to funnel us in with boundaries to relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and his righteousness makes that possible. Yes. Okay. So I think there's something there. I hope that that's as meaningful to you all as it is to us in talking (laughs) about it. I love it. Uh, I think we could talk about this for the rest of our lives and not fully um, grasp it. and, And I think we will. Scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is that if anything is. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, the first half of the premise was that that's not righteousness. Hmm. That's something else. Yeah. Righteousness is Christ in us and our positional positional right standing. Okay. So um, the, the question then um, the second half of it is what is that? What is trying to do the good thing? Say we're doing it the in the right sequence. Say we're not going at it outside in, starting with the good stuff and hoping it doing the good works and hoping it points us eventually to God's intent of relationship, knowing it never will. What if we did start from the inside and we're working our way out and trying to figure out where to go next? I think the question that Paul gives voice to is incredibly validating. It's incredibly, that's why I love the fact that the New Testament is written by God and Paul. I mean, and a few others, but mostly Jesus and Paul, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly yeah. Jesus' red letters, and his friends are trying to write them down. And then Paul, and I'm like, you know that, I mean, Paul would be the first guy Said, hey, look, take my word second. Yeah, 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 It's all God's inspired word, but like interpret mine in light of his. Yeah. I'm not God. Every time <laughs> they tried to bow down to him, he's like, no, 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 no.
1: I didn't know you were going to staple my words to his. Hey, right. just, just listen, listen you, to him. Right? Go with him,
0: <laughs> if in doubt. right? Paul would be the first one to say that, I promise you. I, but I agree. The fact is that um, there is still a question around w- why be good? Hmm. If I'm saved by Jesus and not by being good, and I can't really be good, and none is righteous, not even one, and all these things, why not, as Paul gave voice to, sin all the more so that grace may abound? It seems like an absurd question if you're studying it, zoomed all the way in with the theological glasses on, but in practical day-to-day living, it's somewhat of a just question.
1: Yeah, I I think it is, and I think of Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, as as you reference when he says, you know... You've heard it said, but I'm saying to you, and I, oh, there's so many beautiful ways to read that. But I, I, if I could speak on behalf of God, I feel like one of the things God might be the most frustrated with is people putting His name on things that aren't His, like p- plagiarism. Um, And I think Jesus came to do that in so many ways of like, hey, I know you heard it said this, but here's what I'm telling you. And why does God care about what we do? To answer your question, the word that comes to mind is integrity. Um, Consistency. If we are saying that God, if if this whole thing's true and Christ says, I make my home in your hearts, like I am in you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you are mine and I'm in you and you're in me and like all of that, if that's true, the reason why what we do matters is because we represent him. And it'd be like if I wrote an all church email to the church with my voice and my limited vocabulary and signed it, Rob Brindle, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's some, there's a lack of consistency there, right? It's like, no, that's not, That's not Rob's voice. That's mine, and I think that's why God had. I think that's what our works do. They line us up with the character of Christ. Yeah, it it it, it makes us consistent with who He actually is. So the
0: paths of righteousness are for His namesake, and you're interpreting that to say for the sake of app correctly. Portraying his name. So, this is a Book of uh, uh, James argument, right? It's the I'll show you my faith by my works. Well, it's that it's too, making... but I
1: think it goes back even further. Like, we call ourselves Christians. Christian. Th- that means like Christ. Christ Little person. Christ. Like, you, oh, you're like him. So, therefore, what we do. Is the only way to kind of measure that. So, right. I, like, it, it go. If we call ourselves Christians, the reason is is because we are like Him. So He's going to have a huge interest in our behavior yeah. modification, yeah, in our thought, on how we think, and where we go, and how we spend our money. And like, He's going to want to speak into all that, not to 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 make us righteous. Yep,
0: before His name. Reason to that. Uh, maybe a, a one-two punch of reasons why. Um, would be for his name's sake in a different sense for the sake of the the glory of his name mm. for the purposes yeah. for which his name stands right and this goes to this is really an existential reason this goes to why we exist you've you've led alongside me long enough to know that one of my one of my um, uh, I'm trying to not paint this in the negative but pet peeves sure. is the separating of Ephesians two eight and 9 from Ephesians 2.10 <laughs> right we are saved by grace through faith not by works uh, a gift of God lest anyone should boast ah oh, stand up and let's pray together yeah, wait, everyone wait. have a great Sunday the but it verse. doesn't end there <laughs> Read the I next say verse. this like once a month in church, and I think people probably get tired of me saying it. And so, you know what I'm going to do, George, right now? Say it again. I'm going to say it again. Say it again. For, yeah. because of, I wish I had an organ. on account of the fact that you weren't, you were saved by grace through faith, not by works, but you were saved by grace through faith for this purpose. You are God's. workmanship Workmanship. you weren't saved for good works you were created for good works works. you gotta preach that before the earth began from before the foundations of the earth God thought of you you were an eternal being you were created to live eternally with him he thought of you from long before sin corrupted this world and you were created not to get saved not to struggle fall over the finish line get into heaven by the skin of your teeth figure it out crack the code get beamed up to glory you are saved to get back to the purpose for which you were originally created. <laughs> kind of sounding like Tony Evans. I, I'm about to an, I
1: need to put an organ on this when we go back and edit it. Right in there. That is it. And again, just to, to, to exclamation point that, you can go back to the very beginning. Before sin entered the world, what did God do? He created Adam and Eve, and they were charged to tend the garden, to work. Obviously, there was stuff to do. So that was before sin. They're right. created. To work,
0: to Do to goodness. bring a more of God's kingdom about. And you're right. That's what we were created for. And so what we're talking about is not righteousness, but the fruit, the fruit of, of it, righteousness, as what Paul it produces. calls it. It's what it produces. It's how I mean, it's a semantical distinction. You're like, oh, what's really the difference? It's about sequence, right? Mm. Righteousness produces this fruit. Going after the fruit, however, does not produce righteousness. It, it, it only flows in one direction. Exactly. It can't flow the other. Love it. So much more to say on this subject. We could talk about this forever. And friends, I hope that we're not answering any questions. We're just stimulating your intellectual and spiritual and theological appetites so that you'll continue to wrestle through the deeper truths of God and lay hold of him for yourself, that you would work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is what God gives us as an inheritance, this side of glory, to know him, to seek him, find him, and realize how much more of him there is to know, and then seek all the more. So as we come to the end this week of our awakening time, I pray that it wouldn't be an end, but a beginning. I remember when I graduated from high school, our speaker said, this is your commencement day. Commencement isn't end, culmination, or conclusion, it's beginning. Mm. This is the first day of the rest of your life. May awakening end thusly, and we continue, friends, to lay hold of God, his kingdom, and his righteousness. Jesus said that's what we ought to seek first. George, will you pray us out? Yeah, Jesus, thank you for
1: uh, what you did on the cross for us. Thank you for making us righteous, and would you continue to um, increase the fruit of righteousness in our lives and lead us every single day this year as we're coming out of this awakening time. God, we don't want this to be the end, but this should be the beginning. So we're looking forward to what you're going to do in our lives in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Hey, everybody, thank you for journeying with us through this time of prayer, fasting, and consecration that we call awakening. May God continue to reveal himself to you as you seek him with all your heart. We love you all.